Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and guess what, everybody? You're going to be so happy to hear this because Patricia Kirkman, PK, is with us tonight. Welcome back, PK. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Even though it's going to be for a brief time tonight, I'm just happy to get back back to normal. Absolutely. I guess well, it's you've normal, been isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> the well, crazy hey. world we're living in, it's as normal as it's going to get. <laughs> normal as it's going to be for a while. But I'm so happy to have you back here. You've been oh, greatly missed. I know people have been sending you prayers and emails and, and wishing you uh, well wishes to get better quickly. And you are. You're getting better quickly. That's great. Not as quick as I'd like, but we're working on it. That's yeah. for sure. Good for you. Well, let's start with the numbers with you. What's going on in this crazy world? Well, I'm going to go back and make mention of the fact that this year is a four-universal year, which is all about health and healing. Gee, isn't that funny? It's what we've been facing all year long. This month, we're dealing with sensitivity, relationships, partnerships, and people wanting to get together. And everyone feels so stressed out and so stretched out. But people aren't using good judgment. Their sensitivity is making them do silly, crazy things. Remember, this is something that we could help fix if we allow it, if we keep thinking we're the only ones and it's got to be about us, then we're setting everybody up for some major falls when it comes to health and well-being. So regardless of your personal year, this month for everyone is about being overly sensitive which can also make them insensitive. And we're seeing both issues on the street, aren't we? Can't yes, get away from are. us. So no, that is kind of what's going on. But today, the nice part about today is that uh, it's a point in time when we can take a look at sweet thoughts, possibly new beginnings, and allowing others to feel uplifted about what's taking place. Start caring not just about what's happening to you, do pay attention to what's happening to others because this isn't a me time. This is an us time. We all have to work together if we're going to get out of all of this. So that's kind of the name of the game for right now. Well, that's good. So now we know the path we need to follow and hopefully work this through faster rather than more slowly. But also we've got Mm -hmm. a Mercury retrograde going on now, don't we? Do we have that to the 12th or something? We've got a couple of things going on right now. So the most important thing that we can do is to lay back, do what you need to do for self. Yes, but take a look at the perimeter around you. It's 
what we do for others that's going to make a difference because if we make it good for them, it's in the end going to be good for us. Right. Got to share. Yeah, we do need to learn how to do that. We also need to learn how to look out for people and animals that need our help in all of this. So there's, Most there's a lot definitely. going on there, too. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Every, everybody's and, oversensitive right now, which, like all things, the main thing is our sensitivity. But unfortunately, many of us are being insensitive to the needs of others. You're watching it on the street. You're hearing about it every day. You can't turn on a show or open the computer without there being something that's dealing with the negative side. Come on, folks. We've got to get together and let's raise up the vibration. Let's keep it going so we can all survive this. Yes. Just a thought. Great advice. I like it a lot. And I'm so glad you were able to join us and share the numbers, PK. This has been Nice having you back. I know you're going to be listening to the show, and you know we have one of our very favorite people on tonight. Yes. Amelia Kincaid. Oh, my gosh. She's world-renowned. And what she has done with the animals in terms of communication, especially the big cats, the elephants, we're going to hear all about this tonight, and she's going to give us some advice on what we need to know to listen to our pets and the animals around us. So this is going to be a great show. I know you can lie back and enjoy it now, PK. <laughs> well, I'm going to because I know it's going to be a fabulous show. Absolutely. Well, wait. thank you again for joining us. Well, I've enjoyed it, and the best to everyone. And don't forget, wear your masks. Yes, really. <laughs> Stop fighting about <laughs> it. not worth it. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks, PK. So tonight, everybody, as I mentioned, we have Amelia Kincaid, the world-renowned animal communicator, and she's dedicated her life to the welfare of animals. She also conducts workshops to teach others the art of animal communication, and she's available for private readings. Now, Amelia's abilities, she's big time. She has been the focus of hundreds of magazines and newspaper articles worldwide, including the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, ABC News, even here in Boston, the Boston North Shore Sunday, the London Sunday News of the World, Good Housekeeping, Cat Fancy, Dog Fancy, New Woman in England, and also in Germany. She was also on the cover in Vienna. So she's the author of a number of books, including Whispers from the Wild, Straight from the Horse's Mouth, The Language of Miracles. And you can see more about Amelia and contact her through her website, Amelia Kincaid, which is spelled K-I-N-K-A-D-E dot com. Amelia, welcome to the show. Oh, what a wonderful, warm welcome. Now, am I right in hearing there, there are two Patricias? Yes, well, PK that, is a Patricia. Also, isn't that amazing? We're just, all these Patricias are everywhere. What can I tell you? <laughs> no, it's, it's so great to have you here. That, that's, that's why it's so wonderful. And I, I'm really honored to be able to join in on this conversation because the conversation that we're having right now is about sovereignty. It's about being able to unplug from the collective, from media, from the 
huge amounts of fear and instability and unrest and chaos and find this sweet silence, this this depth of spirit, this spirit of, of God within you that can listen to the spirit of God within them. Now, you and I have had the luxury of being able to work with your dog. <laughs> Do a film. How, how is my little patient right now? How is my oh, little you know, sweetheart? Thank you. I, I'll tell everybody, uh, my little dog, Hermes, who's a survivor of two, he is doing very well. And it is thanks to you, Amelia, that we were able to pinpoint one of his problems because he was showing the signs of a cortisol issue, either Addison's or Cushing's. But he also had something else going on, and Amelia, you pointed it out right away. You went right to the pancreas, and sure enough, Hermes had pancreatitis on top of all the other stuff. So we were able to treat him, to change his diet, and he is back barking for treats and you know, wanting to go out and run around. So, again, I can't thank you enough because your insight gave me the right direction to go in. Oh for getting him treatment because, unfortunately, and I have to say this, this is nothing against veterinarians because they have also dedicated their lives, for the most part, to working with and for animals. However, uh, Addison's and Cushing's, they are both known as the great pretender, and it's sometimes veterinarians miss that diagnosis. I think that is what happened with Hermes' brother, Gabriel. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get him the right diagnosis, and he passed, but... Hermes exhibited similar symptoms and the pancreatitis on top of it, which you found. So thank you. He is doing much, much better. Thanks so much. Wow. I'm glad. I'm just the messenger. So what I teach is learning how to listen. And it seems like the simplest thing to be able to do. I mean, today when I was tuned into what we were going to talk about, And I kept hearing, be present with all your love. And when I'm teaching, I say, be present with all your love. Like like that's a no-brainer, you know. Mm -hmm. Calm your mind. Eliminate all thought. Back up behind the emotional body. Don't identify with the thoughts or the emotions. And taking a step further, don't identify with the present personality with the physical body with the illusions of being in a three-dimensional video game so there's no past there's no future there's no thought there's no worry there's nothing in that space but love there was this incredible letter that Einstein wrote to his daughter and he said the biggest mistake he ever made in his life was not being able to substitute the word love for the word energy. So Mm -hmm. in our equation that helps define all of matter that that we now understand in the world of quantum physics so far, um, if we eliminate the word energy and we put it in love, now I'm talking about being able to go into a part of your body where there's nothing but, but gratitude. There's nothing but love. There's nothing but joy. There's nothing but happiness. There's nothing but hope. There's nothing but playfulness and being excited. Just simply being grateful to be alive, to take a breath, and to be on a planet alongside such beauty. 
that we can live on a planet with all these magnificent animals, with all of God's creations, in all their splendor. And the flowers, the trees, the plants, the waterfalls, the stars in the sky, all of it. Then we're vibrating closer to the level that animals are already on. You know, the animals right now, you, you asked me about this right before we went on the show, and I said, yeah. it's really funny. You said, are the animals aware of what's happening in COVID? <laughs> yes. I was joking with a, uh, with a friend of mine today, and I said, um, my job right now, people are saying, why is my dog aggressive? Why is my cat being on the rug? Why is my cat, you know, acting so desperately wanting out? They're right. saying, Amelia, would you tell my people to go back to work? <laughs> when are the you don't want them in the house anymore. Get out of the house. Work. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. so funny. And you and I discovered something that is, it is extremely advanced. It's advanced and it's a complicated idea. And I, I think I told you that when I, I wrote my first book, Straight from the Horse's Mouth, which went through a, a multitude of editors at Random House, which mm-hmm. is the biggest and best publishing house in the world. Yes, the final is. stage of that is going through the legal department. There were a couple of things that got cut out of the book. One of them was about vaccines. I called it the prickly pear. Mm-hmm. And I blew the whistle on a lot of these poisons that we're putting into our animals' bodies that are not necessary, that are later going to manifest, especially in little tiny dogs, as colitis or even blindness or a number of different kinds of of illnesses. Because You know, you're you're bringing up something. I've got to make a comment here because this is one of my big pet peeves with vaccines for dogs. It's the same as it is in some ways for children. They give too many vaccines at one time. And the other thing is overwhelms their immune system and things uh, happen badly from there. But the other thing is, and I just found this out a couple of years ago from one of my the veterinarians that I consult with, that they are mandated to give the same dose of a vaccine That's to right. a Great Dane as That's to right. a Shih Tzu. Now, really? I mean, that to me is imbecilic. That's right. They think that it's it's a completely benign vaccine. I've also I've personally experienced where I would have a cat fixed, and the vet would say, "Oh, by the way, while she was under, I updated her shots." Oh, like, great! Like, let me get this straight. You just gave my kitten a hysterectomy. She's going to go home with no painkillers. They're expecting you to to contain your cat so that she doesn't jump because she doesn't tear her stitches and you put a five bundle poison in her at the same time as she's recovering from the surgery and without telling me so I mean that was many many years ago that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore my vets work with me my right. my favorite vet in Los Angeles I'd take my cat in and, and she'd say what's wrong with him <laughs> yeah she's asking you well, oh I love it Thank you for asking, because I know exactly what's wrong with them. And then I'd go in the back and, and just work for free and volunteer and try to help out. So 
anyway, where I where I was going with this is, is something that I called osmosis illness. And I think I told you this briefly when when we were working with your dogs. That yes, I'll tell yes. one of the most amazing stories. Um, I had one client who came to me, and every single dog she got would get some obscure platelet problem. Now they weren't from the same family; they weren't the same mom. She'd go out and get a new dog, and the new dog would get a platelet problem. Then she'd go out and get another, you know, happy, healthy dog, and it would get a platelet problem. Finally, I turned to this woman and I said, what's wrong with your blood? And she said, I have a platelet problem. Oh, my God. Yeah. The one that got cut from the book was called the cancer magnet. The woman had gone out and got seven different golden retriever puppies. Every single dog she got died of cancer. And what we discovered in, in when we're, we're trying to, we're deducing patterns. What energetic pattern is that person not able to cope with? They have not yet addressed it. Therefore, they're projecting it on the animal. And the animal is putting those patterns. Those patterns are in shadow for the person. Mm-hmm. When the dog gets it, then they'll address the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, I I'm teaching online right now. Yeah. We're talking about standing up for yourself, you know. Oh, that yeah. right now, an issue is I, I, one cat is bullying the other cat. So the woman who is identifying with the, the victim has taken the bully cat and locked it in the bathroom. Just you couldn't do a worse thing. Yeah, cats will work things out if you leave them alone. Even cats' mating rituals are. Crazy. I mean, they're they're attacking each other. It gets pretty wild, you know. Yeah. But I I said to her, and of course the 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 person is going to come to me or one of my students and say, you know, fix my cat, right, or fix my dog. And unless that person is willing to to see that the patterns that they have psychologically might be causing the problem with the animal. And I said, well, does this have a, does this woman have a problem standing up for herself? I'll bet you anything she's got a husband that's she's got an abusive husband that's bullying her. Oh, well there you go. And that the cats are acting it out. That's what they do. And you know, this is not so different as you know I did psychotherapy for many years and this is the same thing that happens in families with kids. There's usually one kid that's a lightning rod for everything, and they act out. So it's you know it's not that different. Plus, there's one other thing I was thinking of when we were talking about uh, your writing and how it was cut out of the book. You know, this is a lot like in witchcraft. They talk about the familiar and mm-hmm. how the familiar you exactly. know will take on exactly. things for their own. And it just sounds very similar to that. You know, that there is that level of protection that comes about with special pets. It's not every pet, but special pets that do protect their owners that way and take on the illness or the curse or whatever um, to protect them. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So that idea of the familiar is the one you love the most. And if we look at any of the mythology where 
it's going to be the the one who loves the hero the most that's the one who has to play the villain, that has to be chosen. Because mm-hmm. that's what's going to push them to greater heights so that they can grow. And it is the one that you love the most that's going to take on all of this behavior that you don't like. And you don't And that's own. creating yeah. opposition between you and the animal because you mm-hmm. want them to do, you know, I mean, everybody does. They want them to do this. And I'm I'm saying, all right, first of all, we take away the idea of mine and not mine. It's it's my elephant because I love him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to belong to me. I mean, I love the tigers. I love John Vardy's tigers. Probably more than John loves them. I love the show horses more than their... Chuck, you love them because I'm mm-hmm. not saying do this the way I want it. Do what I want you to do, and then I'll love you. Right. I'm saying I love you anyway. I love everything about you. I, I love your cancer. I love your hip dysplasia. I love the fact that you laugh. I love the fact that you're a little bit chubby. I love the fact that you're blind in one eye. <laughs> I love the fact that you drool on the floor. I love the fact that you like to roll a goose poop. As soon as your mother gives you a bath. Uh, this is a funny one. I wanted to share this with you because it's so funny. Yeah. When I'm teaching, you know, we're going into the depths of this universal spirit where there's nothing but love and light and joy. And you're able to dissolve your body into the soul that you were before you came into this life so that you are now a star shining in space. And I'm directing the students through this this meditation and hypnosis, basically, to be able to extend their energetic field and travel faster than the speed of light on a beam of love. To join forces with this other animal's heart. And that's what makes it possible. Then you silence it all, you bring it down. Then within the zero-point energy field, which is a spider web of light, you can travel from one subway system to another throughout these galaxies of light. So you're able to access the energetic field of another living being and look out his eyes if you were him and feel, in your case, I'm going to feel what Gabriel feels. I'm going to see what Gabriel sees. I'm going to love what Gabriel loves. So it's just this incredibly spiritual, beautiful, meditative trip. So this last time I did it, and the animals always get the best of me. This is why this is what makes this story so funny. We're doing this. The students are crying, you know, tears streaming down their faces. They're all in deep, deep meditation. And we have in front of the class a poodle. So we were in Wales. And we are all in connection with the poodle. And we always start with love. I say, okay, what what other dog does he love? What's his favorite activity? What's his favorite thing? What does he love to do? And I looked at the dog. So what's your favorite activity? He said, fox poo. Now, I hear it, right, in front of the <laughs> whole class. I said, fox poo. I said, do you like to eat it? He said, no, I like to roll in it. I like to oh roll in it. 
I said, when do you roll in it? He said, after I've had a bath. Oh, of course. And he <laughs> laughed. And then the, the coordinator who owned the poodle, I don't like the word owned, but, you know, the guardian of the poodle, said when she would take him to the groomer, his favorite thing was to go out and find fox poop and roll in it so that when he came back, she reached down. She said he'd be gooey, just slimy, oh. <laughs> wet with it. Well, that's a challenge. Yeah. But right now, they're trying to lift us up. They're trying to teach people that we can find joy. We can find happiness. We can find something to be grateful about. And how to live in this world without all the mess that the humans have made out of it. Definitely. Now, let me ask you a question about how our pets perceive time. My understanding is they do not perceive time the way we do. Is that true? What idiot came? (laughs) I'm sorry. Wasn't me. You know me. You know you and I have spent a little time off off camera. Off. You know this. Okay. So some scientist. I don't even know who to blame for this decides that your dog is happy to see you after five minutes and your dog is happy to see you after five hours. Therefore, your dog doesn't know the difference between five minutes and five hours. What kind of a fool would come up with something that ridiculous? Yeah, see, I thought that was kind of stupid too. Yeah. That's stupid. Have you ever tried to feed your dog ten minutes late? Yes. There yeah, there it is. Oh, they, definitely. They I've even, gotten lectured. <laughs> they click into daylight savings time. I don't know how they do that, but they do. They don't miss a, a beat with that. And their ability to tell time is better than ours. It just is. It may be the gravitational in the present moment, right? They can they can just be where we're always thinking about worried about some damn thing coming up or what we did in the past that we're not happy about. But but they have a knack for this, right? Of just being in the present moment. They're not in their heads the way we are. Okay. You know we're busy monkeys. We're actually a kind of ape. We're one of five great apes. Mm-hmm. We're the most neurotic and violent of the five great apes. And we're constantly having to be busy, 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 worried about something that hasn't even happened yet, feeling guilty about something that already happened. I mean, so much of our thoughts are negative. And when I'm teaching people how to give a command, visualize what you do want. Now, if you say don't bite and you visualize the dog biting, and you use the words, don't bite, the dog hears bite. Right. If you say, don't jump up, the dog hears jump up. If you say, don't attack the other dog, the dog, they they see the pictures in your mind, they feel your emotion, and they hear the intention of the command, attack the other dog. And I'll say, why, why do you attack the other? Well, she told me to. 
No kidding. <laughs> so if we were huh. going to make our words match what we do want, then it would be relax your throat, relax your jaw, keep your teeth in your mouth. Keep all four on the floor. Relax. Everything's okay. You don't need to run after the other. Just stay right here with me. Stay in the with me. We're together. Now, here's the question, because it, it, you understand and you're, you're giving us great advice here about the real reason to use uh, this type of positive command and positive reinforcement and to stay away from the negative commands because they don't work. They work against us. How do you get them to listen? I mean, you have a knack for this, but what about the rest of us? I mean, you're able to communicate well, with them. You're in the present moment. You open your heart, and they're right there with you. So how about those of us who are just learning this? How do we do that? Yeah, them listening is not the problem. If we were to listen, I mean, I'll give you a for instance. I have a dear, dear friend in Dallas, and when I have stayed with her, she had four dogs that barked a lot. Well, the lady talks a lot. I mean, I love her, but she does. She's a talker. So, of course, the dogs are kind of, they're talkers. They're like, hey, this happened. I need to tell you about this. And so the the normal um, response, most people will try to hush the dog. Shush. Stop it. Shush. Right. And one time, the four, four dogs raced into the other room, they raced up to a sliding glass door, they're barking hysterically, and I tune in on I said, what is this? I said, there's a raccoon. There's a raccoon in our yard. And I said, really? I got up, I went into the other room, and I joined them at the glass. Now, I'm part of their pack. Right. They have alerted me to something that's important to them. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to say I don't love your behavior, I don't love it. I'm going to say what's important to you is important to me. I love you, therefore what is important to you is important to me. Show me what's important to you. They said, does it work good? I said, okay. I just missed it. I didn't get to see it. But, they stopped barking after that. So their message got across, and they were able to calm down after that. Exactly. Exactly. Now, one time I was, I was teaching, because I, I, this will be the first year I probably am not going to get to go to Africa. I've gone to Africa every year for 19 years. And if people go to my website, they'll see my charity, the anti-poaching campaign. I work with the kids in the schools. But one time I was in South Africa, every single person who lives with a dog has this experience. The woman that, that I was staying with, I was at a, in a, a B&B, and it was off the beaten track, you know, and there was a very big, gruff South African woman who had these three huge guard dogs. And lots of people have German Shepherds in South Africa. And in the middle of the, the night, the dogs just went nuts. Now, I heard it roll through the neighborhood the way it does. And this is it's kind of like a, 
101 Dalmatians. You know, where oh what if the dog goes, it's 5 o'clock and all is well. A day of the week yeah. is 5 o'clock and all is well. They do that. <laughs> you know, they roll to the whole neighborhood. So, so the funny. dogs were barking just ferociously. I mean, not their normal tone of voice. And I tuned into the dogs. I said, what's happening? And I heard this, you know, intruder climbing over the back fence, blah, blah, blah. And the next morning, the owner of the B&B came up to me and she said, whoa, our dogs were barking in the middle of the night. I said, yeah, they sure were. She said, did you hear what they said? I said, yeah, I heard what they said. Intruder climbing over the back fence. It's actually stealing their telephone wire because that's what they sell by the side of the road when they're starving and need to sell something. But let's say... That you reverse the whole current. So that you're not trying to get something or make them hear you, but that you're going to listen to them. Let's say that your dog is barking. And you don't want your dog to bark when somebody walks by. But mm-hmm. let's say your dog is saying, here's a man who's never been in this neighborhood, Mom. He smells like gunpowder, Mom. He's got a gun in his back pocket. He smells like alcohol, Mom. This, this man... He he smells like drug. I mean, they are able to do that. And in South Africa, she said, they saved my life last night. I said, I know they did. Yeah. Um, she, I said, how did you know what they were saying? And she said, their tone of voice was different. If there's a deer in the yard there's going to be a certain bark. If there's a cat in the yard, there's a certain bark. If it's the postman, there's a certain bark. If there's a fire, it's a different bark. Or if there's an intruder trying to break through your window, there's a different bark. And if we were a lot more respectful, then we could learn from them. Well, we could. And, again, I think part of it is what you were talking about just a few minutes ago, which is seeing them on equal terms, that what you were saying is, because I love you, I'm interested in what you have to say. And so that puts you on a whole different level with them. Instead of talking down to them and trying to make them behave, you are developing a relationship where you really want to know what they're thinking and feeling. It's totally different. It's totally different. They're not... They're not my slaves. It's not a toy. It, it's not, I got you because I want to control you and tame you and make you act a certain way. I will go to them and say, you're my teacher. Mm-hmm. Will you help me hear you? Will you help me be a lot more sensitive? Can you show me what you're saying? Can you show me what you're feeling? Can you show me what you're meeting can you can you show me and then i'm never in a hierarchy situation where i think that we're at the top of anything i mean you can go outside and get in a conversation with a a lizard and you're going to learn things that you didn't know because they're every single one of them is a a master teacher in their own right. So I come in at their feet. I come in humble as a student. 
And then the more humility we have, the more they tell us. And then by virtue of the trust, by virtue of the relationship that we have, the day I have to say to that cat, I need you to get this carrier. Now, I know this is a drag. We got to go get your teeth cleaned. I know you don't want to go to the vet. I know that. Will you please come do this for me? Mm. They'll do it. They'll do anything (laughs) you want them to do. But you've got to love and listen to them first. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that's how it has to be with any good relationship. There has to be that give and take, and you have to be a good listener, which a lot of people don't know how to do that, and they're so used to thinking of animals beneath them. And I think that's a real detriment to communication. Well, anyone who anyone who made that up, and so much of what we experience today is at the mercy of books someone else wrote or mm-hmm. research somebody else did, it's not a raw, authentic relationship of what's happening in this exact moment, in this present moment. My mother has doctorate doctorates in radiation biology and molecular chemistry. And we we were having a conversation the other day about the astronaut who helped me write my second book. So it's all about the quantum world and about energy being exchanged on a quantum level and why telepathy is possible and why all this works. So Captain Mitchell gave me the terminology for the language of miracles, which is based on his latest theory, which is based on what Einstein was working on when he died. So Ed finished Einstein's unified field theory, and any spare time for fun. (laughs) And he also mentored me in his spare time for fun because I was his last protege and I was his last guinea pig before he went up onto the ship and back on, back to higher ground. So mm-hmm. one of the things that Dr. Mitchell said is that just because it happened once and it never happens again doesn't mean it didn't happen. Exactly. Now, scientists, you know, they, they put a lot of energy in trying to replicate things. If I, I met Dr. Emoto, who had done all that beautiful work on water. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when the scientists tried to replicate his work, they couldn't do it. And so they all came out and said, oh, he's a fake. This stuff that he's made all this up about how the water can't vibrate on a certain frequency, that it's going to be changed by the frequencies around it that are shooting through it. I mean, of course it is. Of course it is. And he could do it. And I've had things happen with animals that happen once. And they've never happened again. And then with me, there are things that have happened multiple times. And and that leads us down a different path. I I don't have anything to prove. I mean, I want to know what the, what is important to the shark? I want to know what's important to this elephant. What is important to this bee? 
Now, how does this creature, how do they love? What do they think about? What do they miss? What do they want that they're not getting? Do they have a, a past, a future? What's the scope of their their uh, emotional state, their intellectual state? And for, you know, for this show, you could talk about much more complicated things, like cats well, can teleport. Right. They can. I mean, that cats can they can. They, That's a fact. Exactly. That's, and cats it's amazing. But they can do that. I know they, cats Cats also seem to have this, and I'll tell you just one quick experience, but I, I once was looking at a cat in, in Bob Monroe's house at the Monroe uh, Institute at the Newland, and he was on the table, dining room table. I was sitting in the chair, and we just looked at each other, and all of a sudden I was hit with the most complicated geometric forms. I couldn't even grasp them. It was coming from him. And it yeah. really taught me a lesson about how advanced they are. And it's like we think we're above them. I got news. We're not. <laughs> anything, we're below them. So, and I'm sure you know, because of all the things you've done with animals through the years, that this is not uncommon. And a lot of cat people know that. And I don't think that it is, it isn't that well hidden. And on the simplest of terms, when I got my, when I had Rodney, that was the start of my first book, Straining Horse's Mouth. One night I had, I had hurt my knee that day. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any big, there wasn't a cast on it. I don't, I don't even think I was limping. It just hurt. You know, I'm, I'm a dancer and I've been dancing and I, I twisted it the wrong way and I messed it up. And I wake up in the middle of the night and Rodney is on that knee. He's sound asleep on that knee. Mm-hmm. And actually he wasn't asleep. He was working his mojo on my knee. And the next day my knee was healed. How and if you that? if you don't That's believe wonderful. they can reason, I one time old Ann Flo from from my more recent book, she was a, a cat that couldn't be touched. She she you know she, I got her when her entire back was missing. Oh I was God. up in uh, I was teaching in Wyoming with Sioux Medicine Men during nine eleven, and this cat dragged herself through the house and got in bed with me. Oh, my God. Yeah, her person was Susan Turner McElroy, who wrote Animals as Teachers and Hairs. That's the New York Times number one best-selling book. This isn't the kind of person I'm going to go to and say, Susan, I want your cat. <laughs> that book was about this cat. This cat cured Susan of incurable cancer. This cat had already cured herself of leukemia. She dragged herself through the house, put herself in my bed. I wake up in the morning with her in my arms, and I thought, I have to have her. How am I going to tell Susan I have to have your cat? (laughs) She went to the vet that day. Sorry this is gross, but everybody who has animals knows we go through things like this. She'd been attacked by one of the dogs, and her back was abscessed so badly, it exploded. Ugh. And her entire back 
was missing from from the base of her neck all the way down to her tail. She came home from the vet, and I could see layers of muscle in this cat's body. Mm-hmm. And Susan said, I want you to have my cat. Really? I flew her from, from Wyoming to Los Angeles to die because I thought, oh, all right, there are lots of other animals in the house, and she's being... Um, well, Susan's probably not listening because I don't want to say anything that sounds so awful. But she wasn't, she wanted this cat to fit into the other parts of the family and be submissive. And that's not who Flo is. You couldn't touch her. She was like a, <laughs> she was like a little shredding machine. I mean, she was dangerous. Oh, my gosh. And I took her home thinking, all right, we've got maybe 48 hours. And I want her to die in a place where she's completely and totally unconditionally loved. And I put her up in this cat perch. I'll never forget this. She could only move her front arms. And I said, you know, you're really beautiful today. You're having a really good hair day, Flo. You look <laughs> fabulous. And she stretched her little arms out, and she looked over her shoulder at me with this look on her face like, at long last, someone noticed. Uh. And I just started pouring in the healing. You're perfect in every way. Presence of God is in every cell of your body, healing you at lightning speed. There's nothing that can't be done with the amount of grace and glory and beauty that you have access to. A miracle is taking place right now. She not only grew all the muscle in the fur back, she she the fur grew back like a little bunny. She was fuzzy when it grew back. She cured herself of incurable spinal damage in the process. Thank goodness. Well, and she came to the right place for that experience with you. Well, yes, she did. She did. And she taught me also. And she taught me about boundaries and respect. She taught me about standing up for myself. She taught me that it was okay for her to stand up for herself. I didn't try to make her anything she wasn't. I said, you are a ferocious little whoop-ass. You're a monster. You're dangerous. I love that about you. (laughs) And it didn't take too long until that cat was in my bed in my arms. Well, that is an amazing story, and I'm so glad to hear that she got better. I mean, that's very exciting. So as you're saying, anything is possible. And, again, it's, I want to encourage people to obviously seek medical attention for their pets if they have a, a problem, but it also, it's good to add this as an adjunct of treatment, this spiritual loving connection that you gave Flo. Thank you. And this this is the medicine. 
And one night I woke up, I had a sore throat. And she was in her perch, and I was in bed, and she wasn't with me. I woke up in the middle of the night, and that cat had her paw on my throat. Oh, my goodness. And she was staring into my eyes. And this was like something out of a horror movie. I mean, she was staring <laughs> into my eyes. Not only did she know she could fix it, she bothered to fix it. Right. She knew that she could help, and she bothered to do so. Now, if there's one thing that human beings need to learn from animals, it's that. Well, it is. I mean, I mean, there there are many stories of people having spontaneous healings, either by laying out of hands or prayer or whatever. So we know it can happen, and it can happen repeatedly, yet we tend to dismiss it. And that's our mistake. The animals know better. They know how to love. And so people back to cat, cats have nine home. lives because they have access to states of healing that humans don't understand. Okay. They can go to sleep and go home to wherever they came from and heal themselves and then rebuild their three-dimensional form. And they have so, so much to teach us. But all the animals do. I mean, we're, you and I have talked about just the messages that you're giving and about having fun, teaching us how to have fun. Your dog's going to wake up every morning. He doesn't care if he's sick. He's going to say, hey, let's have fun. Let's mm-hmm. go have fun. Let's go find right. something fun to smell. <clears throat> let's go explore the world. Let's go look for babies being born. Let's go look for new baby birds, let's go look for mice, let's go look for flowers blooming, let's go look for good smells, let's make good touches today, let's, yes. let's touch each other, let's, let's kiss each other, let's like. hug yeah. each other. And they're our salvation right now. Oh, they really they are. They know how to live on this earth happily and in harmony with nature. And if also- we let them guide us instead of all the they also, that we see. They also know how to hold the form because as I was taught by a Cherokee medicine woman years and years ago, she said the animals are holding the form for us. We need to learn yeah. how to hold the form for the world. And and that made a lot of sense to me. Again, I I really understand from where you're coming from with what you're experienced and how you see and perceive and love these animals. And that's really the only way that... Uh, to be with an animal. But we're going to take a very short commercial break, and we're going to come back, and I want to ask you about Africa some more and the elephants and the tigers and lions and all of these big cats and big animals that you've had experiences with. It's so exciting. So everybody stay tuned. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We'll be right back. Pure essential oil, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridium combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridium's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. 
The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide. The Practical Psychic for Catching Your Tomorrows Today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles library of consciousness alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with our amazing guest tonight, animal communicator Amelia Kincaid. She is the author of a number of books, including Whispers from the Wild, Straight from the Horse's Mouth, and The Language of Miracles. So, Amelia, you've actually been up close and personal with some very large animals that have been known to be kind of dangerous in Africa. So tell us about this. How do you do this? Well, we're we're going back to that that level of respect. And that's not something that they are used to. That's not how they've been approached in the past. And one time I, I was leading my safari and connecting with a hippo. And the hippo said, what's wrong with your eyes? I said, what do you mean? And she said, I thought all humans had metal eyes. I said, mm-hmm. metal eyes? What are you talking about? No one had ever looked at her without a camera or binoculars. Oh, my goodness. So even trying to take the picture is something that's like a conquest. It's something that they, they want as opposed to showing up and saying, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And what do you need? What do you want? What can make your life happier? What's going on here? I'm not going to tame the tiger. I'm not going to make the tiger less aggressive. I'm going to say, what's upsetting you? And this again, because we were talking about command. Ask why. It's, it's not, well, make them stop peeing on the rug, make them stop biting, make them stop this, that, it. why? Why are you nibbling on your, your itchy wrist? What's going on there? Why are you doing this? What is your point of view? What do you want that you're not getting? What's making your heart ache? What are you sad about? What are you lonely about? What do you, what do you regret? Now, I'm going to approach them not only as if they have the intellectual and emotional scope of a human being, but far more, far, far more than we do. And if we aren't able to connect with them and receive information, how dare we? How dare we judge what they're capable of? So part of it is simply that. If we go out, when I take my students out on safari, the lions come to the truck. I mean, one of the most amazing, I mean, really, one of the most amazing things. And granted, it never happened again, but it happened once. Leopards are one of the most elusive cats in the world, and people go to Africa to see the leopards. And you can drive for weeks and never see a leopard. And one of the things that I, yeah, I noticed is that if anybody on the truck was fighting, one time I had a, a student who brought her two little boys and her husband from Switzerland. And I love them all. They're really dear to me. But they, the dad was having problems with one of his sons. And we went out on the safari that night, no cats, no lions, no leopards. The next mm-hmm. morning, no lions, no leopards. They're still mad at each other. The next night, no lions, no leopards. I pulled these two guys aside and said, listen, if you don't fix this problem and sort this out right now, we're going to go through this entire week, and we're never going to see a lion. The, the cats will not come to the truck. 
if if there's negativity. Oh, okay. And when opposite is true, when I get the entire group in this state of of grace, it's really it's what Christ called grace. And that's outside of space and time. That's a love that transcends all boundaries. And when we can enter into that space, the animals come up to us and say, wow. <laughs> You're not. And did, they, did the two guys straighten themselves out? They sure did. And that night the cats came. You you bet yep you bet and that the lion saw them off, and and the little boys created other miracles where they were manifesting and I said what do you want to see a hyena even at that point I had never seen a hyena in the park and I didn't want to bust this these two little teenage boys hearts and say there's no hyenas to hear and I didn't do it I said okay they said we want to see a hyena as soon as we took off in the truck. From under a bridge, this massive hyena appears and walks straight up to those boys on the truck. Oh, my gosh. That's my, wonderful. One of my favorites, yeah, one of my favorite stories. I mean, all of the, the trucks would surround the, and I think I talked about this in Whispers from the Wild. They surround the leopard and they blast flashlights up into the leopard's eyes because everybody wants to get a picture. It's a night safari. And for the leopard, it's, it's her first thing in the morning. She's, she hasn't, she's just waking up. Mm-hmm. And she's got to come down from that tree and hunt, or she's going to starve to death. Right. And when she wakes up, there are all these humans in their trucks beaming flashlights into their eyes. And this one leopard, and at this, this time, I think it was maybe my third or fourth time with one of the African guides who not only do I learn from, but he learns from me. Mm-hmm. And I talked about that in Whispers from the Wild. These guys know more about animals than I will ever know in my wildest dreams. They live in the park, basically. But they're extremely open to this. I, I don't get any ego battles with native African guides. They want to learn, and I want to so, learn from them. So did, were you able to admiration. talk to them about these flashlights in the leopard's eyes? Yeah. Um, the leopard was was looking the other way, and I did my slow blinks. There's a whole series of things called calming signals. She turns her head, looks at me, says, well, who's it coming from? She says, it's me. And I said to the guide, let's drive off. Leave her. And she said, Amelia, come back when all the other cars are gone. Ah. <laughs> and go. I said, okay, you're going to come down when all the other trucks are gone. And usually the guide won't drive away. And Joseph Hatt and I are extremely in sync. He's just got a heart of gold. He said, let's drive off. Let's leave her. And I said, okay, let's leave her. We had gone off to have our little sundowner picnic, which you do in the middle of every safari. And he was the one who said, pack up, pack up, pack up right now, Amelia. And I said, what is going on? What? He said, she's out. I said, how do you know she's out, Joseph? 
He said, she told me. Oh. So he was looking for her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We got in the truck. We went back. And she's she's standing in the middle of the road waiting for us. Now, we're the only truck there. Here she is, standing in the middle of the road. They don't do this. This is not what leopards do. And then she looks up into the tree. She said, Amelia, are you alone with your students? It's just you. I said, it's just us. She said, good, I want to show you something. She looks up into the tree, and she made this little quick noise. She went, two tiny cubs fell oh. out of that tree. Oh, my goodness. And the cubs, oh, no, the cubs are walking toward our truck. And then, now this is impossible, right? This doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. Then she looks out into the bush and goes, I said, no way. No, this can't be happening. No way. Joseph said, you hear it? I said, yeah, she's calling her husband. She's calling her husband. Oh, my. Then a huge male leopard steps out of the bush. We have him, his wife, and the two kids. In taking a private meeting, now this kind of thing happens to me every day. And unfortunately, most of it doesn't get captured on camera because if you had that agenda to capture it, there's something running counter to the authentic beauty of the moment. Well, that makes sense, and especially when you talked about the hippo, you know, saying that she thought everybody had metal eyes. I mean, there's no real way, I would imagine, that you can hide somebody taking video or still shots from any of these animals. They're going to know it's going on, right? They're going to send somebody with a camera. It's rude, you know. I mean, it's paparazzi. And I may say, tell me everything. Are you okay? How's your food? How's your health? What's going on with your kids? Anything you need us to do for you? Because I can call the vet, and she'll come in a helicopter and jump out of the helicopter with a trank gun. If you let me know if you need anything, and we'll, we'll have a talk. I'll ask my group, ask them for advice. What do they want to tell you about the human race? What do they want to tell you about you? They'll give you advice about your health. They'll give you advice about your relationships. They'll give you advice about your spiritual journey. Amazing. And once once we do that and I say, may I take your picture, then they put on the biggest, (laughs) oh, get my good side. You know, have you seen, you know the, the rhino? Have you seen my legs? Oh my God, they're fabulous! Here, 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 let me show you. And, and, and the giraffes are like, here, get a picture of my baby. Get my baby, and they're pushing the babies toward the truck. Oh. oh, that's so sweet. But they feel safe with you and the guide, obviously, both of you. Um, they feel a level of safety. They know they're not going to be under attack. Uh, nobody's going to hurt them. And so, in the state of grace that you both offer. Looks like you know they're all willing to come forward, which is just amazing. Well, they would be with everybody. Yeah. If if we approach them with like that, that level of reverence, if we could be completely in love with them, 
And that's not an accident. It's a feeling that you conjure. And you and I have talked about, I mean, I teach online, so that's languageofmiraclesinstitute.com. I've got 52 lessons. People can take audio lessons and, and practice this in their own home. They get 365 texts to their phone. I just dropped 400 bucks off that price to make it easier for people now. But when we're, if I'm teaching in person, because you and I talked about when we get through this thing, right. I want to, I want to touch base with my East Coast students again, because I haven't taught live yet. Hopefully, I'm going to have something happening in Chicago, September 19th, if we can do it. But with every single animal that's brought out, because we bring animals out onto the stage, whether it's a parrot or a ferret, you know, a donkey or a horse or cat, then I'm going to invite you to conjure that feeling of love where you're just admiring every inch of them, as if you were... I'm an artist, so it's as if you're drawing them. I'm, I'm going to trace every single hair. I'm going to admire everything. And that's what creates that bridge. Now, there's a trust. They have to have a reason to talk to you, and they have to have a reason to trust you. And once we establish that trust, that's the bridge from your heart to the animal's heart. The way you, know, you ask a, a question. Yeah, it does you, make a difference. Yeah, you're right. I just had a thought. Bit, I wanted to share this with you, Amelia, yeah, about a yeah, fox. Jump in. you got to cut me off if I'm, if I'm running at the I'm mouth. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's one of my favorite too. topics. You know that. Uh, so my apologies in advance for my uh, enthusiasm. But I just wanted, this just popped into my head, so I better say it now before I forget it. I was coming home one day. We live on 75 acres of land, and the driveway is extremely long. I came to the bottom of the driveway, and I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I look up, and there's a gorgeous red fox. And oh. he was quite a ways away, but I spotted him, and, and I just said to him, You are so beautiful. And. I drove up the driveway and kind of forgot about it. Well, after that, this fox would come up to the house and sleep on the retaining wall in the sun. He hunted all the chipmunks that were making my husband crazy because they were being destructive and destroying everything that they could. And he stayed around or she stayed around for a very, uh, probably at least a couple of seasons I've, I've seen her. And... And I, I really, I'm really getting what you're saying because it came from that unbridled statement where my heart just opened and I saw this beautiful fox and I told her, you are so beautiful. And she resonated with it enough to feel safe on her property. And I've got the most gorgeous photos that I took of her from the house um, that, and she just was a magnificent fox. But, again, I think I really get what you're saying. It starts with that open-hearted love, that appreciation, respect, and in saying, I, I, you are so beautiful, I love you. That's what set off this level of trust, and then there she was. It was great. I, I felt honored. What an honor. 
that she chose you. You 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 got chosen. You proved yourself worthy. And then she was yours and you were hers. That's right. That and No, it it's it's such a beautiful thing. It, it when is when it ask, happens and Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go I'm going to stop interrupting you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I mean these these things fly by and I know so many if people are listening they're going to want to know how to do it. I mean how exactly. to do it. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. So I do teach how to do it and that's online. I'm in the middle of a webinar series and I also teach online when I can't teach in person. But once we we feel that bridge. Now, it's a slight state of trance, which means that you may tear up. My eyes well with tears when I'm tuned in. That's my own cue that I know I'm tuned in. That I'm in such I'm I'm so in awe of their beauty. I'm so in love with them that I'm going to start to cry. And when I feel that, that's my trigger. Or if the animals in heaven, because I work with, you know, I'm a medium, so I work with people and animals that have crossed over, then it's a feeling of euphoria. There's this lightness and bliss because you're, you're connecting through the gates of heaven. And once you feel a connection and a stillness in your mind and your heart and your emotion, and this kind of love starts to brim out of you, the way to ask a question is through emotion. I always start with something positive. So I'm going to say, "Who do you? what's your favorite? Who do you love? Who's your favorite other dog? What's your favorite food? Who's your favorite other person? What's your favorite activity? What's your favorite toy? What's your favorite game? Now, even if the person comes to me and they want to know if the dog has cancer or if their cat's ready to be put to sleep. I'm still going to start with a positive because we have to build that trust. We have to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I need to know who they are. Then we can go into it's usually longing. If you send love and pain comes back, it means they're missing that other animal mm-hmm. or they're missing that person. And then we can ask things like fears, phobias, frustrations, relationship problems, post-traumatic stress. And then we do the body scan, which is what I did with yours, where it's Star Wars terminology. There's a disturbance in the force. So within his body, there are harmonies between the cells, and also between all the organs in the body. And when everything is in harmony, it's like an orchestra. Everything's working together. When there's something that's going to draw my attention, when I'm looking for pain, the pain is going to draw your focus like a magnet. In this case, with your dog, you didn't see me physically put my hand up to my abdomen and double over in pain. And I said, what is this? Pancreas. 
pancreatitis, his pancreas. Now, it's not that he didn't have these underlying problems because I also was failing endocrine system, you know, right. pituitary right thyroid, uh, blood sugar. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just checking everything at lightning speed. But what will draw your focus is the strongest of those energetic fields because it's, a, it's an electrical field that you're dealing with. And you're looking for pain. So that's easier to find than asking something benign, you know, like what color is your food bowl? Or if they're in a lot of pain, then it's like a hurricane of electrical charge. Right. No, that's very important because, again, you know, with you bring your pet to the vet. You don't know what's wrong. You hope the vet's going to figure it out. But it's so important to uh, to find out from the from your pet directly if you can. And that's why I encourage everybody to take your course and learn how to do this. I mean, I know this audience, Supernatural Girls, probably everybody in it is just in love with animals. So. Yeah. It, we're all of the same mind, yet, you know, we get stymied. You know, when there's a, a problem, of course, we get emotionally distraught over it. We bring our pets to the vet, and sometimes they just don't figure it out. So it, it really helps a lot <clears throat> to have some kind of indication from your pet directly, and I know that's what you're so great at teaching people how to do. It's, I think it's, it's tremendously important because, like any doctor, you know, they're not a detective. They're a doctor. So they're going to go by blood tests and things like that based on what they think is going on and symptoms. But how wonderful if they could start with the information that you gave me, you know, the pancreas and endocrine system. It's just so valuable. And I, I think, Patricia, I know from watching this, watching my students succeed all over the world. This is something that is inside every one of us. We have the capacity to be in touch with all the other, I call it cells in the body of God. You're a cell in the body of God. You're you're a cell in Mother Nature's skin. But there's one big organism that we're all a part of. The animals know that. And the humans are out of harmony with everything else. But when everyone has this capacity, and the most important thing is knowing if a problem is physical or emotional. Now, you may have a cat whose best friend got hit by a car yesterday. You don't know that. And all of a sudden, he's not eating. You take him to the vet, it could be a tooth. It could be stomach cancer. He could have leukemia. But you're probably not going to ask. What happened? What happened? Emotionally, show me what happened. I work with the most beautiful show horses on earth. I work with the most expensive show horses on earth. And they, nine out of ten times, it's emotional. Even when horses are colicking, and they're they're going to call me, and the, the, the horse is in the hospital having a grueling surgery. And I asked the horse, what happened? Is it your food? Is it what, what, what went wrong? 
And and the horse said, my person went off to college. I was working with show horses in Johannesburg. Said I said, show them it. 17, her name's Christina. I said, okay, you have a daughter who's 17 years old named Christina. She just went off to college in Cape Town. Mm. And the, per- she, the, the woman almost fainted. Now, that horse had grown up with this girl, and the girl had left the horse. Of course he's going to call it. You know, it's emotional. He misses her. He doesn't know when he's going to see her again. That's right. I'm not saying for anyone to do the work of a vet. I don't do the work of a vet. They are brilliant, and I love them. But what I'm saying is that if we can get a handle on what's going on with our animals emotionally and be able to determine if this physical problem that he has exhibited is actually an emotional issue, that's going to save you a pile of money. And it's going to save that animal a lot of distress going to the vet to have test run that maybe that's not even the problem. Oh, that's right. I mean, everybody knows that it's not an inexpensive experience to take your pet to the vet and, and have all these things done. And plus, it's very traumatic at times for for your pet. So, yeah, I mean, if it is an emotional issue, it's really good to know. And obviously, if it's physical, it needs to be tended to one way or another. What, one of the things I really like, Amelia, and I'm sure you do too, is how many vets are now being trained in alternative practice, whether it's Eastern yeah. medicine or something else. It's chiropractic. It's just wonderful to see so many vets turning to that to basically, uh, you know, give options to the owners of pets. I mean, I've seen some miraculous things done with Eastern medicine and acupuncture, as I'm sure you have too. Sure. So it's really For important sure. to consider that, you know, as an option. And I know some in health insurances for pets will even pay for it. So it's, it's worth a look for somebody like that. And, and certainly if, if you have a pet who has a, special condition, I mean, what I did for Hermes, as you know, is I sought out one of the experts in the United States, and I did a consultation over the phone, and I was given a lot of great information. So um, sometimes it takes a little bit extra effort to get all those pieces together to support your animal, but starting with emotional health makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So of all the African animals, Patricia, which one is it that you want to talk about? Which one are you the most curious about? You know what I'd like to know about? Have you ever talked to, because since you've been in Africa, have you ever talked to snakes? (laughs) My latest book is called Whispers from the Wild, and I've got a chapter there about a black mamba. Wow. Wow. I remember yeah. Black Mamas from Kill Bill. <laughs> very poisonous, yeah. very quick acting. That, that, that's right. If I had said, yeah, I mean, give me a minute so I can take your picture, I, I wouldn't be here right now. You know, I, I would yeah. be dead. Sure. So I'm not saying I ever want this to happen again, but I'm not <laughs> saying that it wasn't the, one of the most beautiful moments of my life that I, I went to a, a lion rescue in South Africa. Now, it's granted, just so people understand this, when we get rolling again and I'm able to take people on safari, 
Where I go in Zambia, there are no snakes. Now, I work with cobra, and I work with all sorts of snakes. I dig them. Mm-hmm. I love reptiles. I love reptiles. And I like to have them in my workshops because if people can work through a, a level of fear, sometimes they just have an incredible breakthrough. I mean, one time I was teaching in, on the Isle of Man in, in the U.K., and I had a snake that had, had come from a school. Now, no one in the room knew that the snake had come from the school. She was a completely helpless little snake. But she was in a, a glass, uh, what would you call it, you know, a glass box. Yeah. And she was dashing her head against the, the, the glass. And the keeper said, ask her why she's bashing her head against the glass. Two of the women in the room said, if you take that snake out, I'm leaving. And I said, all right, I'm just going to invite you to face that fear. I'm going to invite you to look at her and tell her how beautiful she is. And tell her that you're sorry for what the humans have done to her. And these two women burst into tears. They had the biggest breakthrough. And they all said she's lonely and she's got all these hands reaching for her because she was in a school. And I had another one of these miracle stories with the tarantula in Germany. Yeah, a tarantula. And I didn't even know if it would work. I mean, this was many years ago. I didn't know if it would work. I was scared to death. And I I, I love spiders. I'm I'm respectful. But I I really didn't want to pick her up. (laughs) I can understand that. Do you want to hold her? I was like, um, no. But I'm standing up here in front of 30 people talking about unconditional love and putting your fear aside. So, yeah, I better go for this. I reached down for her. She reached one hand up and held my hand. And I lost it. I just started bawling. And I picked her up. And she was as soft as a little kitten. And all 30 people tuned into her. And we said, what is she feeling? What is she going through? They all started crying, the whole room full of people, and they said she just had her sister die. And the owner said, well, it wasn't her sister, but it was another, it was a female tarantula. It looked just like her. It was in an aquarium next to hers, and it had just died. Now, these people picked that up from a spider. The spider was grieving. And see, and if you can't tune into them, how dare you make assumptions about what they're capable I mean, how would we know these things if we don't listen? Right. So the Black Mamba story, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. I mean, I had gone to this, this, this lion Well, camp. we only have, unfortunately, a minute left, uh, Amelia. So we may well, have to refer people book. to Are your you? book so that they can so read to, the chapter about the Black Mamba. And you're going to hear about me face-to-face with a black mamba in my kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have the book but here, and I'm going to go talk pull about it, it So you kind of know how it ends. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just can't imagine. I, I do like snakes, though, I have to say. Um, I like them, and I, I have never encountered a poisonous one, thank goodness. But there are a lot of snakes on the property that are absolutely beautiful, and, and I love them. But... Again, I can't imagine this Black Mamba story, so I'm going to go pull out my copy of your book and read that since I was curious 
about your experience with her. And also, also again, I want to encourage people to go to your website, which is Amelia Kincaid, K-I-N-K-A-D-E dot com. And you, you told us about another website to go to for webinars. And what's the name of that website? And it is the Language of Miracles Institute, languageofmiraclesinstitute.com. And that's got all the online training. And also people can book one-on-one because it's the first time I'm not running for an airplane that I actually have time to do private sessions. And I'm just loving every minute of it. Oh, that's wonderful because I know you've been so busy over the last number of years. You were on our show a while ago, and I know you were on the run after that, and it's so nice to finally catch up with you and hear how you're doing and the, the infinite wisdom that you have about our connection with the animals on this planet. We owe them so much more. So, again, everybody, go to Amelia's website, read her books, take the workshop, and make a commitment to be in a state of grace and hear what the animals have to tell us. It's, it's so wonderful, the work you're doing, Amelia. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Give Hermes a kiss from his auntie, Amelia. <laughs> I will. I'll give him a big kiss from you. And I know he says thank you, as I have for all of your insight that really helped him to feel better. Thank you. So, everybody, next week we'll be Thank you. We'll be back with another great show. We're still waiting on Covert Disclosure. Who knows? He may show up next week, and that would be exciting. So, until then, see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.